right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Just because it's late doesn't mean we're done yet. Yeah, I'm sure right. That's a penalty. And the quarterback, you kidding me, coach? There's still plenty more hits to dish out. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? Look at that, he hit the f***ing ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> this is Late Hits. Late Hits. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. How did we get here? This is the only live, local, and consistent evening sports radio show here on the city of Houston. Late hits, ESPN 97.5. Patch Creighton with you, 713-780-3776-713-780. ESPN only, Trump, you listen to the line. On the text line, on Twitter, at Creighton 1. Sean Mapes on the other side of the glass, the mass controls, at Sean A. Mapes. And on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv, slash ESPN 97.5. On the app, ESPN 97.5 app, ESPN97.5.com. Uh, hey, Google, uh, play ESPN 97.5. Hey, Alexa, play ESPN 97.5. Do all those things. How did we get here? I almost feel like I'm in, uh, like I'm literally living the video for Talking Heads once in a lifetime. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. Funny thing, you know, uh, I guess we're about 12, 13 weeks into the season, and the idea of could David Cully be one and done starting to creep up, and we're all talking uh, across each different show here on ESPN 97.5, talking to each other, who would be the next head coach, what would you think would be the next head coach, and I said, I thought the answer would be Lovey Smith. Because, well, you're already paying Bill O'Brien not to be here. Then you're going to be paying David Cully not to be here. It's cheaper to elevate Lovey Smith and then hire, say, you know, lower-level assistant coaches. You know, you promote the guys who are here, but he gets a little bump up, and then you hire the lower-level coaches, as opposed to... Hiring another like primary head coach, giving that guy another you know four or five year deal, and now you're paying three guys to coach the team. So from a financial point of view, that always seemed to make the most sense. Was here's the guy on the staff who's who's been a head coach, who's had success, and he went to a Super Bowl at Rex Grossman. That alone, you're a damn good coach. You got to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. He was only in Tampa for two years, and he had that team going in the right direction when general manager made a a poor decision and decided to let him go, even though the team was showing progress, had improved by four wins from the year before, now had a young Jameis Winston at the helm, but they were so worried that Dirk Cutter, then the offensive coordinator, was going to take a job to be a head coach somewhere else. They decided to fire Lovey for really no reason. 
and hand over the reins to Dirk Cutter. It did not go as planned. So, why that ha- like, like why they made that decision? Really, didn't, I mean, they they valued Dirk Cutter way too much. But this is, you know, when you ask me, week twelve. If they're going to fire David Culley, well, who's it going to be? I thought, well, it'd be Lovey Smith. It makes sense financially. It makes sense structurally, you know, in the building whatsoever. But how we got here? Like, we made 11 trips through the Twilight Zone to get here. And the fact that Lovey didn't even have an interview until the last 48 hours... That's just wild to me. Because what do we know about the Texans? They couldn't wait to tweet out every single person that they had in for an interview. Even guys they had in more than once. They couldn't wait to tweet that out. So when you see Adam Schefter tweeting out, oh, well, they've been talking to Lovey Smith for weeks. Did he ask Nick Casario to proofread that, Mr. Editor, sir? Yeah, they've been talking to Lovey about staying on as the D.C. for whoever the new head coach is. They were never talking to Lovey about being the head coach. Otherwise, they would have been very happy to tweet about it. They tweeted about every single head coaching candidate they interviewed But you're telling me for weeks they were somehow able to keep Lovey interviewing under wraps and and they didn't tweet about it and nobody knew and nobody leaked? Man, that is such a load of BS. Sometimes, especially in the aftermath of what we got in in the Washington now commander's the red shirt commies in their emails. Adam Schefter is not above carrying the water for the team. Not above it by any means. Adam does a lot of good work and he gets a lot of great info. But we know Adam will carry the team's water. And when he threw in there, oh, they've been talking to him for weeks. That was where we knew there's the BS. That's the backstory. That's that's helping. Because the Texans were 100% going to hire Josh McCown. They were going to offer him the job and he was going to accept it. And all the, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking that you've seen go online about Oh, well, you know, McCown got cold feet. Hey, uh-uh. Uh-uh. McCown was taking that job. And, and that was not questioned. McCown was taking the job. And let's be fair about something else. When we talk about pressure, where pressure comes from. Because the Houston Texans organization has proven they don't give a damn 
what the fans think. The Texans organization has proven they don't give a damn what the media thinks. The Texans organization has proven they don't give a damn what the other teams, the other owners or GMs think. This wasn't, oh, there's too much heat on us to hire Josh McCown. Yeah, no, that wasn't the issue. Trust me, that was not the issue at all. Think about the timeline, things that happened in the last, say, 10 days for the Houston Texans. Brian Flores gets a second interview. McCown gets a second interview. Gannon gets a second interview. Flores files a lawsuit against the NFL and three teams specifically informed the Texans that he was going to do this. Gannon is told by the Texans, no, you're out. When he may have been, may have been the leader in the clubhouse. Everywhere you go, all the arrows, all the indicators, all the chatter on the Houston Texans is they're hiring Josh McCown. Then, in a complete 180, from their previous stance that Brian Flores claims are without merit, Roger Goodell issues a memo on Saturday about how the league has failed and its way that it hires coaches. It's failed to improve diversity. and They need to be better. 24 hours later, all of the sudden, the Texans bang a 180. And now they're not going to hire Josh McCown, and they're going to interview Lovey Smith, and he's basically going to get the job just like that. That did not come from fans. That did not come from media. That very clearly came as a directive from the league office because that's the only place the situation changed. The Texans' situation didn't change. They fired David Culley after not even a full 365 days on the job. They don't care. They're paying him four more years of salary. They don't care. They burned through the entire waiting list last year. They don't care. The stadium was more half empty than half full this year. They don't care. Fans were holding signs and yelling at Cal, and they don't care. 
all the media pressure and mocking in the world, they don't care. But the league had to find a way to cover its own ass. And how are we going to fight this discrimination lawsuit if here we have an experienced blackhead coach who gets passed over for a white guy that hasn't coached three seconds in his entire damn life, not at the NFL level, not at the college level. How the hell are we going to defend that? You know what? Get on the horn with Cal McNair. It's not going down like that. That is the one and only plausible explanation for why the Texans suddenly decided to hit the brakes on Josh McCown. 713-780-3776-713-780-ESPN. Texas Duke head coach is Lovey Smith. That doesn't mean Josh McCown won't be on the staff. How did we get to Lovey? Next. ESPN. 97.5. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. And I heard a lot of people today, some happy that Lovey Smith is the head coach and they actually hired somebody who's a legitimate head coach, somebody who's had success in the league. Uh, And I heard a lot of people saying, well, why did they so quickly pivot to Lovey Smith? Why didn't they just start the whole process over again? We're already pretty late in the process to begin with. Why didn't they start the whole process over again? Why didn't they, you know, talk to other coaches? Why didn't they talk to Byron Leftwich? Why didn't they talk to Eric Bieniemy? Here's the thing. We go back to last year. Texans were a team in flux. There's a lot of negative talk about Jack Easterby and, and his influence on the team. There's a lot of confusion on Deshaun Watson, who had asked to be traded well, reportedly asked to be traded at that point. The the litigation hadn't yet come to light. That doesn't come out until the middle of March. But it wasn't an attractive job. They had a new GM. And look, they wanted to control everything. So you had two things going against you. One, it's a lousy job. 
And it was a full rebuild, no matter what Cal McNair tried to tell you. It was a full rebuild. You didn't know what was going on with your quarterback. If you were going to have a quarterback, and then, you know, a month and a half after having the job, you learned, oh, boy, quarterback's got some legal issues. Oh, and he didn't have a, uh, a first or a second round pick. Again. So, there were a lot of negatives about the Texans' job. Then throw in the fact Nick Casario wanted to choose whoever the assistant coaches were going to be. Right, The head coach was not going to get to choose his own staff. You add that all up, and a lot of those guys, they weren't interested. Right, remember last year when they, when they interviewed Eric Bieniemy. It wasn't until very late in the process, and it was almost like Casario was just throwing a bone to Deshaun Watson, who said he wanted them to interview Eric Bieniemy. All right, fine, we'll interview him. Uh, that's that's pretty much how it went. All right, fine, we'll give him this late interview, and basically nothing was ever spoken or written about that interview. Clearly, after talking to the Texans about it, Bianca didn't want the job. A lot of guys didn't want the job. Now you get to this year, and, well, the roster's still a mess. They just had a one-and-done coach. Hey, you got some draft picks. Still don't have Deshaun Watson. Davis Mills showed a little promise. It's a slightly better job than it was the year before. Because you got an early first round pick. You have a second round pick. And you at least have a quarterback that's shown some improvement in his rookie season from the start of the year to the end of the year showed you a decent amount of improvement. But you still can't hire your own staff. Now, if you're going to be a first-time head coach, do you want to go somewhere where you bring in your own guys and you know they're loyal to you? Or do you want to go somewhere where, eh, I really don't know any of these guys. They're not loyal to me. Maybe they're loyal to the GM, but they're definitely not loyal to me. Oh, the team is going to stink. That does not seem like an optimal situation. So you want, well, why didn't they go back and interview this guy, that guy, the other guy? You know why? Those guys want normal coach control, and Nick Casario's not about to give it to them. So yes, they could have gone and interviewed Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy would have told them no, just like he did a year ago. And yeah, they could have gone to Byron Leftwich, and Byron Leftwich would have told them no, 
I'm going to hire my crew, my team, and do run the coaching staff my way. I'm not here to be a transitional coach or a puppet coach. You guys have already been there, done that. So you want to know why why is Lovey Smith taking this job, being the head coach for what clearly looks to be a transitional head coaching position? Nobody in the world thinks Lovey's going to be the head coach for more than two seasons, assuming he even gets through two full seasons. Well, Lovey's 63. Sure, he's going to get a nice bump up in pay. Texans probably going to be a little smarter this time, and I guarantee him four years out. But Lovey will make some extra money until he's ready to retire. I don't think he's, quote, ready to retire right now, but he's 63, and, you know, a couple more years of a train wreck on Kirby that he's got to put up with, he might get close to retirement. When you want to know why they decided to go to Lovey, sure as hell looks like the NFL uh, NFL office and, and Roger Goodell told them, you're not hiring McCown. Do something else. And at that point, they went to Lovey Smith Lovey, bail us out. That's why the first thing you saw about Lovey Smith was, well, he'll elevate Pep Hamilton to OC. You know, and Frank will also be the special teams coordinator. And maybe they'll elevate some more guys and then they'll fill out the staff at Nick Casario's behest. But why is Lovey now suddenly out of nowhere? Why is he the head coach? Why did they not go to find somebody else reopen? Because Lovey's going to play ball at Nick Casario. That's why. Casario's still going to be on the headset. And Casario's going to fill out the coaching staff. And it's going to be very much like a... You know, like like a baseball type of of situation between head coach, uh, between manager and and general manager in baseball, uh, and and all the analytics and the advanced numbers. And here you're going to have Nick Casario as the GM and Lovey as the head coach, and a lot of analytics and numbers. And when those situations come up, they're going to tell Lovey what to do. Now, I hope they hire an actual D.C. because head coach slash coordinator never really works. And and Lovey doesn't need to be calling the plays on the defense. What he needs is somebody who's familiar with how he runs the defense and what his scheme is, what he likes, and kind of call the defense the way that that Lovey would call defense. What's he looking for? But don't make any mistake about it. This wasn't about, oh, you know what? We're getting too much pressure from the fans and or media. This wasn't about, oh, Josh McCown thinks that there's too much heat 
so he doesn't want it. This is about the league told him no, and they didn't want to start all over. So they finally went in-house to a guy that they knew would acquiesce to their oddball requests. And, and that is exactly how we got to where we're at. 713-780-3776, 713-780-ESPN. Your thoughts on the Texans' new head coach, Lovey Smith? How you might feel about Josh McCown, quarterback's coach? Where do you stand with your Houston Texans? Next. ESPN 97.5. I assume you knew. is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. I'm going to take a minute here to tell you about our friends down at the West Bar and Grill. You know, the West is a Beaumont institution. Always a great place to catch all the games all the time. Great menu, steak, shrimp, wings, burgers, catfish. Sure, you're going to find something you love on the menu. They got all your favorite beers, wines, and spirits so you can enjoy all your drinks and all your meals while you're taking in all the games. Or, you know what, maybe you like playing your favorite pub games when you're out. And Well, if you're out at the West, you're going to find all of them. Pool, darts, ping pong, shuffleboard, arcade games. They got all of them at the West. Happy hour in effect all day till 6 o'clock. Ask my buddy Mike Hamilton. Mike's the owner. Mike's, I think, great carrier. The West Barn Grill. 6445 Calder Avenue in Beaumont, half mile north of I-10. Check out their Facebook page for events at the West Bar and Grill. Get your friends together and head to the West, a Beaumont institution. Uh, For those of you normally on the Twitch stream, uh, real technical difficulties right now, but uh, Sean and Andrew are both working on it, and hopefully it will be back up. Uh, very soon, they're uh, diligently at work trying to get the Twitch stream back up and running as normal. So for those of you who normally get us on the stream, get us on the app, ESPN 97.5 app, or ESPN975.com, uh, and you can get us there if you're uh, a little bit outside of the, of the signal range or maybe you're uh, inside somewhere and you don't have access to a quote, radio signal. Uh, you can get us uh, on your phone, ESPN 97.5 app, uh, ESPN97.5.com, or you can tell your Google device or your Alexa device to play ESPN 97.5, and you'll get us there as well. Now, Brian Flores' lawyers put out a statement. A, that they're happy for, you know, that, that Flores is happy that, Lovey Smith got a job and, you know, the team decided to, to hire a black head coach, even though, I mean, clearly he's going to be a transitional head coach. And that the only reason he didn't get the job was because he's suing the league. 
I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but when you sue the league, you don't get hired. I mean, anybody that hires you in the middle of a lawsuit, A, oh, they only hired you because you're suing them, and B, now they feel like, man, we got to watch every single thing, anything that could possibly be misconstrued, taken out of context, document every single little thing. It's a pain in the neck. They don't want to deal with it. I would, you know, imagine, uh, you know, you're suing the league and you're applying for a job with the, uh, the Washington commies. We know how well they hide things. But I mean, it's not a surprise you're suing the league and you didn't get a job. Where have I seen this before? You know, and, and this is, I mean, I don't even know that that needed to be said. I think you're better off letting the media tell that story for you instead of pushing that. And, and that's not on Flores, that's on his attorneys. But obviously, if you're suing the league, you're not getting hired. I would also think that for Flores to actually go ahead and sue the league before the Texans made a decision, he had to already know he wasn't getting the job, right? I mean, you don't file that suit if, well, I have a really good shot at getting this job. Why would you file the suit? You're about to get a job. Yes, another team may have treated you improperly or circumvented the rules, but you don't burn down the whole damn city because, well, there's one house that needs to be raised. So I would hope Brian Flores didn't decide to sue the entire league before he really knew what the outcome of his job search was going to be. That that lawsuit was filed. I mean, my initial thought was, all right, he knows he's not getting the Texans job. He knows he's not getting the Dolphins job. He's already out of there. Probably knows he's not getting the Saints job. It doesn't. It's one of those things that just doesn't really make sense for, for them to go and and publish. Now, look, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith's a good coach. He's not some young up and coming coach. You know, he doesn't have uh, any sizzle attached to his name. But Lovey's a good head coach, and I think underappreciated. For what he's done, people are like, oh, well, you know, he's he's only two games over 500 as an NFL coach. Like, how good could he really be? Think about it. They, he took over the Chicago Bears in 2004, and they weren't any good. And Rex Grossman was supposed to be their starter, and Rex gets hurt. And they go 5-11. and 11. But their defense shows a lot of improvement. The next year, 
Rex Grossman gets hurt. They got to play with Kyle Orton. They go 11-5 and and win the North. Two thousand six. Well, here's Rex Grossman, healthy. They go thirteen and three. They go to the Super Bowl. Seven and nine, nine and seven, seven and nine, twenty ten, eleven and five. Win the North. Go to the NFC Championship game. 8 and 8, 10 and 6. He was 81 and 63. He got fired after going 10 and 6. Two years later, he takes over a wretched Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. And in his first year, they went two and fourteen. Right? They they stunk. They had one Pro Bowler, Joel McCoy. But they drafted Mike Evans in the first round. It, you know, maybe they were going you know, to put some, start putting some pieces together. Quarterbacks on that team Mike Lennon and Josh McCown. They went 2 and 14. Following year, though, after they get the number one overall pick. Draft James Winston. They also took Donovan Smith as an offensive tackle in the second round. Quan Alexander in the fourth round. And James playing as a rookie. Now you got, instead of one Pro Bowler and just Gerald McCoy, well, now you got five. Jameis Winston, Logan Mankins, Levante David, Doug Martin, all Pro Bowlers. And they go from 2 and 14 to 6 and 10. At one point, they were 6 and 6. And then things started to unravel with injuries. Jameis throwing a bunch of picks. Doug Martin was second in the league in rushing. They finished top five in total offense. And despite the fact they made four-win improvement with a rookie quarterback and the offense was cranking out, they decided to fire Lovey. because they were afraid of losing their offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter. No. Unfortunately, it, it, it didn't work out for Dirk Cutter. He had 
one good year with uh, basically Lovey's team, where they went nine and seven, and then he followed that up with a five and eleven, and a five and eleven. And he was out after three years. Hi, Bruce Arians. So Lovey did not get a fair shake in Tampa Bay. Not not by a long shot. So before you go poo-pooing, oh, Lovey Smith, that guy, that's not a good hire. Why isn't it a good hire? Totally got shammed in his last job. After being in Chicago for nine years and being 18 games over 500, going to a title game and going to a Super Bowl with some bottom fifth quarterbacking. Now, I think the knocks that are coming on Lovey Smith are very unfair. I get it. He's older. He's a defensive guy. But the knocks on Lovey are very unfair. And I hear a lot of shows where, oh, well, who would you rather have? This young DB, this young coordinator or Lovey? They're all like, oh, I'd take all the coordinators. You have no idea what any of those coordinators are going to be. Lovey's been to a title game and a Super Bowl. A lot of disrespect being thrown Lovey Smith's way. Unfairly. Late hits. Well, hello. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to HRP.net to learn more. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. You know, unlike, apparently unlike a lot of people, I'm, I'm happy with, with Lovey being the head, the head coach. I think Lovey's a good coach. He's certainly a respected coach. And for a team that needs all the credibility it can get, Lovey's giving you credibility. As a longtime NFL coach, he's been a head coach 11 years in this league. He's a good coach. And realistically, you know what you're going to get with Lovey. I have no idea what I'm going to get from young coordinator. And that's not to say that some of those guys won't be good. But, you know, eight coordinators get hired. You know, at least four of them are going to flop. Just, you know, history. I don't know the Texans would have hired the one that didn't flop. No idea. And with this roster, it'd be really, really tough for a a new head coach to have success. We've already seen this, right? So I don't have a problem with, with Lovey being the coach. And I think this is this is a situation where 
Roger Goodell and the NFL, in an effort to save their own butts, save the Texans' butts at the same time. Hey, we need to protect ourselves from bad optics on this lawsuit. Cal McNair, you're going to play ball. Oh, okay, fine. And they hired certainly the most experienced guy they interviewed. I think Brian Flores would have been an acceptable candidate as well, but Brian Flores hasn't been to a title game in a Super Bowl. You know, these are... These these knocks against Lovey Smith seem to be from people who... I don't know, were in high school when he went to the Super Bowl, or maybe younger. People that didn't watch those Bears teams. People that are barely old enough to remember Jameis coming in the league. And the other side of this is, a lot of people have been clamoring, hey, Let's keep Pep Hamilton. Let's promote him from QB coach to offensive coordinator. And you're getting your wish. Lovey's going to bump Pep up to OC. That means Davis Mills doesn't have to learn like a whole new offense. I mean, obviously, you know, Pep's going to change the offense somewhat. But he knows the coach. It's not a complete overhaul. Most people seem to think Pep Hamilton was a positive influence on Davis Mills. Well, he gets to keep that influence. And you know what? If if Josh McCown winds up being the quarterback's coach, if he's essentially thrust upon Lovey Smith as this guy's going to be on your staff, well, Lovey and McCown like each other. And it would be nice for McCown to actually, I don't know, have some time as an assistant coach before cutting the line. But why has Josh McCown been on so many teams late in his career? All primarily as backups to young quarterbacks that needed mentoring. Because he's good at it. I'm not here to knock Josh McCown as far as what he could teach a young quarterback. There's no question Josh McCown could have a positive impact on a young quarterback as quarterback coach. So, even though this wasn't how they drew it up, even though this wasn't playing A, B, or DBZQL. They got the most experienced head coach of anyone they interviewed. The guy everybody wanted to be the OC is going to be the OC. And maybe Josh McCown, who would probably have a very good impact as a quarterback coach, well, he might get that job. The Texans coaching staff is competent. 
maybe even good? I said good and the Texans are the same sense. Let me make sure I said that right. Lovey, Pep, McCown is QB coach. That's good. Those are good coaches in the right spot. And yet maybe Lovey's only going to hold the job for two years before they just elevate McCown because we know how badly. And it's just burn a hole in the Texans' pockets for them to hire Josh McCown and make him the head coach. But if you're Pep Hamilton and you're getting told, all right, look, you're gonna you're gonna get promoted to offensive coordinator, but the guy who's gonna be your head coach has never been any coach at any level, pro or college. Like, man, you've been toiling. For how many years? And this guy just cuts the line? I would think it would be hard to get coaches to play for Josh McCown until he actually gets a couple of years in the league as a coach. Maybe that's why Nick Casero wanted to be in charge of hiring all the coaches. Because he was going to tell them, look, this is how it is. You're in or you're out. And again, there's only 32 teams. So there's only so many jobs. And anything you can get on your resume is always a positive. But the way the Texans coaching staff is shaking out, it's better than anything that they came up with on their own. If they needed Roger Goodell to tell them, look, lawsuit, You're not going to screw us on this just because you don't give a damn. Does that mean we don't give a damn? You're going to listen. And Cal, if you don't listen, we're taking away your Super NES. Okay. But do I keep my sippy cup? Lovey is head coach. Pep is OC and... And if it comes down to Josh McCown as quarterbacks coach, I'll take it. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Now, what they're going to do at D.C., I don't know. But hopefully they'll let Lovey have a little uh, input on that since he's the defensive guy. Make a little sense. But whereas on Friday... When all roads were pointing to Josh McCown, head coach, and we're all ready to bang our heads into brick walls with the stupidity of the Texans, it's not how anybody drew it up. But it worked out. Actually, it worked out pretty well. And if Casario can bang this draft the way he banged the last draft, Texans might actually have a little something going despite Cal McNair. And wouldn't that be interesting? What happens if, you know, they get a, let's say, Texans find a taker for Laramie Tunsil. They get a one and, I don't know, a four. Let's 
let's say they get a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. And they draft, I know, defensive lineman, an edge rusher. They draft another receiver to go along with Nico Collins. Don't need to draft a running back early. They're a dime a dozen on the free agent market. What if, you know, and, and, and the and the progression of Davis Mills, well, what if they're a six, seven win team next year? It's possible. And they haven't filled out the roster yet. It's possible. I mean, if if they wind up winning six, seven games next year. I got a hard time believing you're dismissing Lovey Smith because, man, we just got to have Josh McCown. Team makes progress. Let him coach. Now, that will actually be worth watching, though, because, well, they're the Texans, and like I said, they don't give a damn what any you, me, Fans, they don't give a damn what any of us think. They are more than happy to listen to all of our booze and still just collect money because even with a half-empty stadium, they're still printing money. Oh, it's good to be the winning member of the Lucky Sperm Club, Cal McNair. Made his money the old-fashioned way. He inherited it. Slate hits. This is Hyvie Trophy winner and College Football Hall of Fame, Mike Rozier, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.